This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, up to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. Today on the program, I'm joined by one of the best closers of my era. I couldn't get a hit off him by the later. He's a three-time All-Star World Series champion. Finished his career with 314 saves, ladies and gentlemen. Rob, Dan, Rob, thanks for coming on the program. What's up, Booney? How are you? It's been a while, man. How you been? Good? It's been good. Yeah, I can't complain. It's, uh, you know, life's good and, and uh, just trying to stay out of trouble. Okay, we've known each other a long time. We played against each other in high school, believe it or not. It was the old Empire League. I think we graduated at the same time, wasn't it? Are you 87? 87, yep. Yeah. And uh, that was a pretty good league back then. It was you, J.T. Snow, for Los Sal. Yep. I was, El, I was El Dorado. I, younger, but Nevin was my teammate. Yep. For sure. Our, our senior year and Brett Tomko, I think, was a freshman. So we yeah. had three guys come out of there. Who else did you have? Did you have Mike Kelly on that team? Mike Kelly was on that team, too. He's a center fielder. You played third base and pitched. Yeah, third a little bit of pitching at that. So, Yeah. And it was different for me because I, I came I came to Southern California. I, I grew up in Jersey. So my first year, uh, my sophomore year, you know, I'm coming from – from Jersey where the, the baseball's not quite as good, but I came to that. It was, it was a uh, interesting time. Uh, cool time back then that we were kind of the, you know, that empire league up in, in orange County was kind of the kind of the league and, yeah. and, and a lot of great, great players came out of there. Your dad, I remember a lot. Dick Nen played in the big leagues. I want to talk a little bit about being kids and, your dad played in the big leagues, I think, from sixty-three to seventy. Yeah, I think I think seventy-three was his last year. Was his last year? Yeah. So you didn't get to see him much growing up, but you had that influence. I was just wondering if you felt it. I know I didn't really feel it. You know, you kind of get. I got sick of it after a while of talking about uh, your dad's this and you need to be this. I, I didn't really feel it. Though. Did you feel that at all growing up as, no, a, no. as a baseball player? No, you know, he was pretty much done when, when I was born for the most part. Uh, you know, going to the old-timers games, Dodger Stadium was always kind of a thrill and kind of being around in a big league locker room and, and being around that part. But for the most part, there was no, you know, it was, it was a different life for him at that time. And so for me, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, I saw the pictures on the wall. I saw, you know, some of the stuff he did. You know, he didn't have a great career, but he, he definitely – you know, got four years in the big leagues and, and all that stuff. So it, it, there was an influence and there was somebody I respected, but it wasn't really, um, you know, being around it all that much. 1987, you get drafted 32nd round of the Rangers. You end up signing. I went, I went off to college. Um, 
You signed as a pitcher. So you go there, you're done with third base at this point, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Okay. Couldn't hit, I couldn't hit high school like you guys. You guys all could hit 400, <laughs> 280, 260, 250. Biggest adjustment. Because once in a while, I like to talk about this and take take the audience through the minor league experience. I'll tell you, Rob, looking back, you know, and, and we all think, especially me back in those days when I was 18 years old, just ask me, I'm the greatest. And how could I not be a first round pick? You know, I went the 29th round or something like that. But I was bitter. I thought I was ready to go. Um, looking back, college was probably the best way for, for me. It enabled me to grow up a little bit, you know, still have the aluminum bat, play three years, mature a little bit. And then by the time I was a junior in college and I signed, I, I hit the ground running. I was kind of ready ready for that. I don't know how I would have done as an 18-year-old. Take us through being 18 years old, going to the minor leagues, coming from high school. Well, yeah, great. Southern California, probably the best in the country at that particular time. But now you're going to the minor leagues where now it's a big bunch of 18-year-old kids. Tell me that adjustment as far as, I don't know, it's, it could, could chalk it up to homesick. I have no idea. What's it like 18 leaving home? Yeah, well, first of all, I was 17. I signed when I was 17. So that was that was a big adjustment. you know. And, and uh, to this day, listen, everything works out for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, it's probably – I look back on it, it's probably one of my bigger mistakes was not going to school because I wasn't ready to leave home. You know, I was an Orange County kid, you know, being, you know, like you said, great league, great baseball, all that stuff. I wasn't the greatest high school player. I, I had potential from what I've, you know, what they said. And it was one of those things that, you know, I'm getting thrown in with all these guys who are, you know, 21, 22, like guys like you who are established coming out of college. Uh, you know, had three years of, of great baseball and playing and coaching and all that stuff. And I'm coming out of a high school where I, I really, uh, you know, the coach was was not all that great. Uh, it was a great league and we had some great players we were playing against, but it was just a different environment. So to got it, kind of get thrown into a environment where you're with 22, 23, 24-year-olds in spring training and, and all these young Latin kids and all these you know, different, different cultures of people coming in. It was definitely a big adjustment for me. You know, we talk about the game today, 2023. It's a different game than we were coming up when we were coming up. Uh, you, for example, one of the best closers of, you know, I mentioned it in the top uh, of our generation, but it wasn't always that way. You're starting pitcher. And, and all the talent back then, you started off as a starting pitcher. If you weren't, if you didn't make it as a starter, you go to the bullpen. A little bit different nowadays. They're kind of grooming kids at, at a young age in the minor leagues to be that power arm in the bullpen for that specialty role one inning at a time. Different back then. You were a starter through the minor leagues. You get to the big leagues in 1993 with the Texas Rangers. You end up being traded that year to the Marlins. Uh and I want to get to that about what that was like. That was the expansion year. You know, a bunch of us were out there going, are we going to get drafted in the expansion draft? But yeah. um, talk about that. Coming to the big leagues as a starter, you, you end up converting to a reliever in 94. Uh, when you're with the, with the uh, Marlins, how was that as an adjustment for you? All of a sudden, you're not a starter. They're going to say, go into the bullpen. Did you think I'm going into a closer role or I'm just going to the bullpen? Yeah, well, you know, I started a lot in the minor leagues, and I, and I never really stayed healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. You know, of course, you saw my mechanics. They were never that good. Uh, so for me to go out and throw, you know, 80, 90 pitches, you know, it just put a stress on my arm that, that, that couldn't handle it. So, you know, had a few years being hurt leading up to that 93 year. Uh, so I go to 93 camp. I'm healthy. Um, you know, they already have a team set. I'm out of options. So basically, I made that team out of options. I mean, I, I – 
they either a had to keep me or b try to get me through waivers and at that time my velocity was back and and so i knew i was going to be the 25th you know really the 26th guy on the team at that point i mean i think the bat boy got in the game before i did some of those damn games and i was a mop-up guy and so for me it was it was learning how to pitch in the big leagues learning how to go out, go ahead and get guys out and, and watching these guys you know the bobby witts and the nolans and all these guys learn how to how to pitch in the big leagues and that's what i was doing i was learning on the job and, and so I didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to, to, to get in there. I, I started a few games, uh, you know, Nolan went down with the, with the knee injury. And so I started for him, I think two games and, and uh, you know, I floundered in kind of those situations and, and, you know, did okay, but not, you know, not as well as I'd like to. So it was definitely an adjustment for me, for sure. You go to the Marlins and I remember those years at Conine's there. Good buddy of mine, Walt Weiss. Uh, I think tr- you and Trevor were together, weren't you? No, Trevor, Trevor. Oh, Hoffy wasn't there. Hoffy got traded. Uh, I think just before I got there. Okay, you know, that's when he got traded to to Cincy. Renee Latchman, your skipper. Uh, you become a bullpen guy. First ninety four, I think, was your first year in some closing opportunities. You you saved fifteen games that first year. Ninety four. Yeah. Was that a playoff year? I'm trying to think. No, World oh, that- Series. World Series year is ninety seven. Yes. Yeah, so, so 94 was, so, you know, I kind of fell into that, that role. You know, I, I started a game in 93 with Texas or with Florida. Right. Kind of got in the bullpen, kind of went through all that stuff, went to spring, went to winter ball that year. And they're saying, Hey, we want you to go down there and start. We want you to go down there and throw a breaking ball. Cause at that point I had no breaking ball. Want to work on a change up all that stuff. So I go to Mexico, um, you know, I'm there a month, you know, can't get anybody out. I'm throwing all over the place, you know, uh, the, the, you know, Marlins are wanting me to throw breaking balls and, and change ups. The, the, the Mexican league wants me to throw fastballs and kind of get people out and all that stuff. So they send me home after a month. I start working with Marcel Latchman. You know, I start driving up to Sacramento, like what, you know, almost every week for the most part, spend three days up there with him. And, and he kind of, kind of went through mechanics with me and kind of worked on what the mechanics I had and tried to get them better. And then, you know, I go in the 94 season and it's Brian Harvey and Jeremy Hernandez and a bunch of guys. And I'm still kind of just in the middle of that whole situation of, of you know, on the team, out of options. And, uh, you know, start the year off, Brian Harvey starts closing. He ends up blowing his elbow out. And Jeremy Hernandez, who, who was a setup guy at that time, ends up, um, you know, closing after Brian went down. And then by by dumb luck he ends up getting hurt he ends up having surgery and then i end up falling into the role so for me it was it was an easy transition once i was already in the bullpen in 93 and going to 94 i was kind of already in that mindset of of that's kind of what i wanted to do and i knew i could probably stay pretty healthy doing it that way take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 95, uh, you save 23 games. 96, you have a 195. You save 35 games. Get us to 97. That World Series, uh, unbelievable expansion team. Obviously, the first, the first World Series uh, for an expansion team that they won. 
You beat the Giants and the Braves to get there. Uh, take me through that World Series. That was that was a pretty that was a cool team. I'm looking at the names on that team. You had you had uh, Brownie and Lighter were kind of the the anchors of the starting rotation. Fernandez, Alex Fernandez was there. Alex Fernandez. Uh, you had Moises Alou, Sheffield, Devon White was your center Bobby, fielder. Bobby Bowe's at third. Renteria. Bobby Bowe. Renteria I, at short. Right. It was at second. So it was a pretty good lineup. Take and, me through it. Take me through yeah, it. Take me through know, the whole thing. You know, that year was, was, was a little tough for me. I had a good year in 96. I signed a four-year deal going into the 97 season. Kind of struggled all year with, with, with uh, you know, just trying to find mechanics, trying to get myself kind of situated into that role, for, you know, not full-time role, but I was already there. Just trying to get comfortable with everything, and, and it was a rough year for me. So I, I had some ups and downs and struggled a little bit. And, you know, we get in, we get in the playoffs that year and, and just tried to battle my way through it and kind of get through everything. You know, went, went uh, like I said, we beat the, the, the Giants. Um, you know, beat Atlanta and then go to Cleveland. And it's, uh, you know, it's all or nothing now. And, and we're all there. And, and, you know, I didn't have the greatest series. I kind of struggled a little bit here and there through the, through the World Series part of it. And we just kind of figured out how to do it. And, and uh, you know, I think that's what happens. At the end of the year, you figure out how to do it. It may not be the prettiest. It may not be the best way to do it. But uh, you definitely, you know, there's nothing left. You got to give everything you can. Florida, that was a, that was a, you know, I hated coming down and playing the Marlins. I hated the weather. I hated the, I hated, I don't know. I didn't like Joe Robbie stadium. I couldn't see there were football lights. I had an excuse for everything, but <laughs> tell me how that see when you won the world series, obviously you have the parade and do what you do when you win a world series. How did that city respond to that Marlins team at that time? It, you know, they responded. It was pretty awesome. I mean, we had three parades. We had one downtown Miami. We had one in Little Havana. We had one on a, on a Fort Lauderdale. We were all in boats. And uh, it was pretty unbelievable. I mean, it was a great atmosphere. The fans, you know, showed up and, and were part of it, at, at, you know, kind of halfway through it and kind of really kind of got behind us. And, and uh, you know, once we won, it was it was definitely a def little bit of a different environment for a couple of years there, um, you know, with those guys and, and all that stuff. Well, I should take that back. They ended up kind of blowing up the team after that, and then it kind of went yeah. sideways. But there was no real momentum after that. But definitely, you know, you'd walk around that town a little bit and people would kind of know who you were and, and they were excited about baseball a little bit. Go to the Giants. Uh, we have some of your best years. You lead the league in saves in 01. You're an all-star in, in 98, 99, and 02. Um, Dusty Baker's Giants. We had Dusty, we, we had Dusty on, the, on the program recently. Um, you played for him. I never played for him. And, and I told him this story. I said, uh, I was sitting with him at, at the uh, winter meetings this year. I sat down and talked to him for about an hour, had a great conversation. For years and years, playing against Dusty, whether it was in uh, San Francisco or wherever it was, it seemed like I'd walk on the field as, a, as an opponent. And there would be Dusty. He'd yell something at you, give you a wave. And I always felt like, like I knew him, but I didn't know him. We yeah. never had a conversation until this last winter at the winter meetings. We sat down and it kind of, I, I, I walked away from that, that little interaction. And I thought he's everything I thought he was. This guy's a, he's unbelievable. He's just a good, I've never heard anybody uh, played with him, played against him. You know, he, I grew up watching Dusty on the yeah. Dodgers coming to Philly playing uh, dad's team. 
and I've never met a man that has a negative. He's one of those guys. He's like a Bruce Bochy. He just, you never hear anybody that ever has a descending comment ab- about anything about him. Yeah. He, he was unbelievable. He was that guy. I mean, he was, you know, he knew everybody. He was friendly with everybody. You know, everybody said he was a cool cat, you know, just that's, and that's the way you took him. And, and he was a, he was a player's manager and, and, you know, he, he was, he was always waving to somebody on the other side, if you knew him and, and all that stuff. And, and, and guys wanted to play for him, man. You wanted to run through a, a brick wall and, and, and do everything you can to help that man win and help them help the team win and, and the whole organization. And he was just that type of guy, you know, he never, you know, he was always behind, he was always behind the players. I mean, he knew how the game was. You're going to go through, you know, as a hitter, maybe 0 for 20, 0 for 15, 0 for 30. You're going to go as a starter, you're going to go, lose a couple games in a row, closures, you're going to blow some games, and, and he would always stick behind you. He would never throw you under the bus, never, you know, this guy needs to get people out. It was always, you know, there was games when I, I would go out and throw an 0-2 slider down the middle and, and give up a, a home run or a hit to lose the game, and, and they, you know, the media would go to him first and, hey, where was that pitch? And he'd go, oh, it was a good pitch down the way. And it was a great pitch. They'd come to me, and they, Dusty said it was a good pitch. I'm like, no, it was down the middle. So he was always trying to encourage guys, always trying to be a part of it, always trying to be a, a, you know, a player's manager. And that's what we all respected about him was, was he, he went through the trenches, he played it, he did it. And now he's on the other side managing us and he knows how the game is. Yeah. Like I said, you had some great years. I mean, you won in, in Florida, but I think everybody in, in baseball fans, just as a, as a uh, peer of yours, I always think of Robbie as a, as a giant for some reason, I, I, I don't know why. And, and you end up winning, you win with the Marlins, but I think, I, I think of you as a giant um, bonds can't, we're kind of the middle of that lineup for those years. Uh, you're reunited with, with your old high school teammate, JT, you get to O2, go to the world series again. And that's, and that's kind of that. The Angels tracked us down. I was with the Mariners at the time. Angels tracked us down at the end of the year. They take over us. They bump us out. They end up getting the wild card. And uh, I remember watching that series and and how awesome back and forth it was. And Angels ended up winning it. Uh, take me through 0-2. And, and I want to talk. I, he wasn't my favorite guy, believe me, playing against him, Bonds. But I'll tell you, his name, I think there's a documentary coming out about him. And I talk to people, I talk to the kids today. I talked to my son will ask me questions about it. I said, I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen any, any player dominate that batter's box the way he did. You know, the greatest players of the game at that time, uh, who I had a ton of respect for, it was like them. And then there was Bonds was in a completely different category. You played with him. Just take me through that a little bit in that 0-2 season. You know, he was unbelievable. I got there, you know, when I got there in 98, you know, I saw him hit his 400th and I saw him hit his 500th, his 600th, and his 700th home run in those years. And he was, every time he came up, you knew something was going to happen. And, uh, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of pitches that year, but the pitches he got, he'd hit him out of the park. And he was, he was so much fun to, to watch and to be around and have a chance to really, you know, be on the, be on the, on the, on his team and watching what he did on a day in and day out basis. Cause he, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, he was, he was on fire. He just, you know, there was, there was games you'd be down there warming up, getting ready to go in the game. He hit a, a game tying home run or, or home run to go ahead. And it was a, a crucial game, crucial home run for him. 
and the game would stop for five minutes and you'd have to kind of wait for all that stuff. But with all that stuff being said, he was, he was pretty unbelievable to, to watch on a day in and day out basis, you know, going into that 2002 season, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a good year for all of us. We were battling, everybody was playing, you know, you had Dusty, you know, uh, managing it and you had, uh, like I said, Jeff, uh, Kent and JT and Richard really, and all these guys that were part of that team. And, and, uh, you know, we just battled, man. It was, it wasn't a star studded team. It was a bunch of guys, like you said, with JT and Barry were the main guys and the rest of the guys were all just kind of, kind of, kind of being there, filling in and doing their part. And we all just had good years and, and it, it took us to, took us to the, to the, to the playoffs. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 